Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris, uh, and we are in Acts again. This is uh, We're not jumping around today, we're literally just in Acts. Um, there's a couple things going on, a couple missionary journeys, some preaching, some fighting, and... Uh, yeah. What sticks out to you, Chris? You know, one of the things that stood out to me is uh, we started off the reading today with the report of the Jerusalem Council decision going out. And as these guys took this letter out to the different churches and shared what these guys had decided that, you know, you don't have to become Jewish. You don't have to do all these rules and regulations. You just have to do a few things. It actually says it was met with great joy throughout the church. I noticed that too. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was really interesting that, you know, when kind of uh, freedom is brought and these religious restrictions are taken away, that it's, it results in f- just in this great sense of freedom, sense of joy. Uh, but then I did find it interesting right after that, we do have at the start of the second missionary journey, Paul asked Timothy to get circumcised. So yeah. then he asked him to willingly give up his freedom. Yep. For the sake of others. So I just thought that was an interesting kind of contrast that you've got when freedom is given, it brings joy, but then you then have this ability to be free and you can willingly give up some of those things uh, for the sake of others. So I think that's just a, it's a good perspective on freedom Mm -hmm. is, you know, we, we want to expose other people to freedom, but then we don't want to hold so tightly to our freedom that we're not willing to give it up when it comes for the sake of another, for the sake of the gospel. And Timothy was willing to do the very thing he was just told he didn't have to do mm-hmm. so that the gospel could go forward. That's I think that's pretty cool. It's uh, it it it's always the thing that sticks out to me about this Jerusalem Council is that you come away with this law essentially that these are the only things you need to do, uh, and then Paul, you would think, would be like you know driving that home to everybody. We don't need to do this stuff, but actually, he's making a point to go out of his way. Uh, not to hinder the message. You know, one time I heard something like, freedom is not actually freedom unless you're willing to give it up. Uh-huh. And I think that sometimes we we almost become in bondage to our freedom because we hold so tightly to it. Uh, so it's a great thing, but man, we always have to be willing to give it up. Think about Timothy too. I mean, that's... <laughs> This Poor is, guy. This is no small task for this guy. This is not. This is not a exercise in how to think. This is. <laughs> I'm sure he's probably like, wait a second. What about Titus? Like, hold on. Titus didn't have to do this. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's another interesting piece piece in here uh, about Paul and Barnabas. Uh, what's the deal here? What, what's your take on this? So Paul and Barnabas, at this point of the story, they've been like the heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this tension about John Mark that actually just splits them apart. Yeah. And when I was thinking, reading that too, I was like, man, Barnabas, he's the son of encouragement. Like you always see Barnabas as this really nice, gentle guy, but they had a strong difference of opinion on what should be done with John Mark that it actually caused them to go separate ways. And this is, this is one of those things that if you, if all you do is read it, I think you'll, you can miss those details. I mean, these two guys don't just wake up one day and decide, yeah, I think we're done working together. Like this is a very contentious split over if someone's good enough or not. (laughs) Is the young Jedi ready for the task? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fun fact. I I do believe later on, maybe you know the actual book, but later on, uh, Paul seeks out restoration with John Mark. 
Yes, they are. I don't know the actual book off the top of my head, but they're. This is not the end of the John Mark story. It's not. Yeah. Um, so, which is cool because it, if it was, the only picture you would get is Paul being kind of this maybe kind of self centered and kind of like not great to work with. Which I do think Paul was a bit of an edgy guy. Uh, I mean, just, I kind of think he had a strong personality. Seems that way. Yeah, it does seem that way. So, I mean, hey, he uh, you have to have a tough backbone to go through what he went through. And maybe he had every right to be a little bit that way, you know? Like, hey, he's getting beat up all the time. I guess he's allowed to pick who wants to go with him. Yeah. Anyway, once they split, we end up having the second missionary journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Paul ends up going to Philippi. He goes to Thessalonica. Uh, and these are kind of the backstories for the books that we're about to read. We're going to see a letter to the Philippians eventually. And, you know, so we're in Philippi, we're introduced to a couple of characters here. We see Lydia, who's a business person. We see a slave girl, so a demonized person who was delivered and set free. We see a jailer whose life is spared. These are all kind of some of the founding members of the church in Philippi. And we see you know, the gospel is affecting every area of society in some of these places. I wish we would just launch right into Philippians after reading those couple of stories. That's not how we're going to do this. But um, if you think about the book of Philippians, it's very interesting to think about these founding members of that church and how different they were. They're not necessarily people that would have even gotten along or thought the same way about almost Certainly anything. not running the same circles. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very different group of people. And then also in uh, Thessalonica, we see that, you know, there's there's another, uh, the government is impacted, the economy is impacted, like the gospel is literally uh, transforming entire areas and entire spheres of society as people in those areas are coming to faith. Uh, it's pretty radical some of the things that happen uh one thing that stood out to me too is that's not like he's there for three weeks mm-hmm. and it's just a church is planted mm-hmm. uh we're going to read about that tomorrow i believe actually the letter to the church but just there's a lot that happened in just mm-hmm. a very short time what do you make of uh paul and is it paul and silas yeah what do you make of them like flexing their citizenship so that was interesting because uh, that is certainly in Philippi. Philippi was a Roman mm-hmm. colony. There's actually tons of ex-Roman soldiers. That was like a retirement community for Roman soldiers. So that would have been part of that city's culture. Um, it is interesting that they they kind of do flex those muscles. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the letter to the Philippians, Paul's actually maybe not as strong in his Roman citizenship. And he's actually saying, hey... What it really is about is that we're citizens of yeah. heaven. So he he, you do see that transformation, yeah, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, that Paul realized that even more than being a Roman citizen, he was a citizen of heaven, and that's what he proclaimed later mm-hmm. in his ministry. So maybe that was just part of his growth progression there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he they definitely pulled the citizen card. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, guys, lots of stuff here. Um, We'll be back in Acts tomorrow, and then actually we'll be looking at Acts 17, then getting to 1 Thessalonians. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Acts 15, starting in verse 22. Then the apostles and elders, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders, Judas, also called Barsabbas, and Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia. Greetings. 
We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sending Judas and Silas to confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than those few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. The messengers went at once to Antioch, where they called a general meeting of believers and delivered the letter. And there was great joy throughout the church the day they read this as an encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and when the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace, Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where he, was a young, where he met a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted to join them in their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of the Asia at the time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia, but again the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night Paul had a vision. A woman, or a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come to, over to Macedonia to help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across the island of Samphrathes, and the next day we landed at Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city in that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath we went a little ways outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyratia, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart, and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized, and she asked to be her, and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we all agreed. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. 
Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, and he assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds, and then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into the house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, Let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, The city officials have said that you and Silas are free to leave, so go in peace. But Paul replied, They have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned home to Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Paul and Silas then traveled through the towns of Amphiophilus and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service and for three Sabbaths in a row he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, This Jesus I am telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so that they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city as well as the city council were thrown into turmoil by these reports, so the officials forced Jason and all the other believers to post bond and then they released them. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, and the people of Berea were more open-minded to those than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. But when some Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God in Berea, they went there and stirred up trouble. The believers acted at once, sending Paul onto the coast, while Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those escorting Paul went with him all the way to Athens. Then they returned to Berea with instructions for Silas and Timothy to hurry and join him. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.